0: Hello there, and welcome back to The Rashcast with Jake and John. I'm Jake. And I'm John. We're making our glorious return. And as to why we didn't do the podcast uh, that we promised you that we were going to keep doing through 2020, uh, in 2020, uh, there are lots of reasons for that. First of all, get off our case. We don't know you squat, most importantly. Uh, But second of all, uh, we did a podcast episode, we did a preseason preview, we did a a first week of the season thing, and then right as we were starting to get interested in the season and invested in it, there were two waves of uh, COVID disasters, I think they can be adequately called. Uh, you, You know all this by now, the Marlins and the Cardinals. And... It was very hard to get back invested in the season. And then uh,
1: that we talked about on the last podcast was, well, it looks like the Marlins have a couple of positive cases. Let's see what happens. You know, hopefully that's not that bad. And then that's the last thing you heard from us.
0: Right. It was Sunday. Uh, They had three positive cases by Monday. It was 11. Uh,
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: by Tuesday, we had sort of abandoned the podcast. I mean, it was always going to be a difficult season, to get as deeply invested in it was 60 games the Nats had just won the World Series uh, it makes it hard to get invested anyway uh, but anyway uh, we ended up by, by the time it seemed like the season got back on track by the time the major outbreaks stopped it was September and the Nationals were clearly not going to make the playoffs and we're talking about a eight team per league playoff and we already knew midway through the season that the Nats were unlikely to be in it. So there was just no point.
1: Yeah. It just felt, I mean, after I, I, when the playoffs came back around, I could get myself back into it. It felt more normal. I mean, there's still the no fans thing felt weird. Um, and you know, the usual parks was another thing that is also very strange, but, um, I think as, as the playoffs rolled around again, you know, I got back into it, I watched most of the games. I don't really feel like, like we got cheated out of a playoff because it felt very real. It felt like a very normal playoff. I mean, the two one-seeds made it. It's, it was just as, you know, you know, we almost had disaster with the Astros making the World Series and that's another thing we'll talk about later. But, yeah. you know, it felt like a real playoff so I could get myself invested into it. The regular season felt so cold. It felt very forced. It felt very, you know, the, between the seven-inning games, the 28-man rosters where you have relievers who you've never heard of, this, all the injuries you had this year with pitchers and, you know, just random players playing games. I, I could, couldn't even watch a Nats game without not knowing who players were. It's, it, was, it was bad. I, I didn't like the season this year, the regular season, because it just you know, it felt too far removed from baseball for me. And that's not with, I'm gonna... that's not with the 10 inning rule that's not with the dh that's not with you know i have become pro dh this season proved that dh is better than the pitcher hitting and we'll talk more about that in a, in a minute but i it wasn't any of those it was the quality of play that was just putrid um the pitcher injuries and the no-name relievers who would come in, in the fourth inning and then you'd have a bullpen game and it's just like you know it's hard to get invested in this many steps removed from what baseball was just a year
0: ago. Well, uh, I would say that all of the things you just described are not going to go away just because the pandemic is gone. Uh, I actually found the playoffs, it depends. I mean, there were just a lot of bland, boring games. Yeah, to be
1: I, I think that too. I mean, it felt more like baseball because you know, they're playing with more energy in it. And so it felt a little bit better, but yeah, the playoffs also fell a little dull. I mean, the Dodger-Braves series was fun, but there weren't many close games. There were a lot of blowouts in that game, in that series. The last game was great. It was one of the best games I've seen, but in terms of, you know, the Dodgers scoring 11 runs in the first inning, the Braves having a blowout performance, and then just the fact that no team in the playoffs had a rotation is just yeah. mystifying. I mean, the Braves, I understand they had injuries and opt-outs. You know, that makes sense. But, like, every wow. other team, like, in the, the team with the best uh, rotation in the playoffs was the Rays, who are yeah. the bullpenning team. I mean, it's just... it's. it's
0: and, it's, you know, their downfall ended up being that they didn't trust their starting rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, or that they had a weird situation where they trusted Tyler Glasnow three times through the order, even though he has two pitches and wasn't pitching well but refused to trust Blake Snell who has four pitches and was throwing to that point, a two hit shutout on, I think it was 70 pitches. Yeah.
1: So we'll, we'll get back uh, to the playoffs in a second. Let's, let's right. focus on the, the regular season. Let's look, let's talk about some of the rule changes they made this year. Um, which rule changes do you want to stick around? Which rule changes need to go? Um, and obviously, expanded am, playoffs, you know, is, is on the table for this too.
0: Right. Uh, I am ambivalent about the expanded DH. I think there are arguments for it and against it. I think I didn't really notice not having a, you know, pitchers hit during the two and a half month season. But at the same time, and there there were aspects I liked about it. I liked that uh, strategy wasn't so much dictated by spot in the order. I liked that you're not walking the eight hitter so much or pitching around them, but at the same time, I enjoy pitchers hitting, you know, I enjoyed pitchers hitting for that one time out of 10 where they actually do something interesting, mm-hmm. uh, which sure. frankly. But I mean,
1: wouldn't, wouldn't you rather, I think it's ridiculous. And this is something I realized this year, the Nats stand no chance to sign someone like Nelson Cruz or, you know, keep Howie Kendrick around, or there's a lot of players who the Nats just simply cannot sign and who an AL team can benefit from. And I just think, you know, why should the AL have this be huge advantage of being able to roster someone who can't play the field just because, you know, they can? And it only comes back to hurt them nine games in a year in interleague play. So I, I just
0: think that. Have you, you watched the American League lately? The American League, there are very few designated, designated hitters. Mostly they just use it to get rest for players. I mean, it. The Yankees maybe are a little bit different, but not because the guys that they have can't play the field, uh, just because they have so many bats. The Twins obviously have crews who can't play the field. Uh, and, yeah, the Nats were one of the few teams that were structured to benefit from uh, a no DH or a, a DH league. But at the same time, mostly – we're not talking about a a giant infusion of super fun, exciting offensive players here. Like that was what was conceived by the DH in the 1970s. That was maybe the state of play in the the steroid era, but it hasn't been for a long time in the American league. Uh, I mean, if you want to see Joey Wendell get his bat in the lineup while he needs a day off, for instance, uh, like I, 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 I think, guess I think it's
1: just better to see more, you know, offensive players who know what they're doing than a pitcher flailing up there. Like, I'd rather see Joey Wendell hit than, you know, uh, Patrick Corbin. Or, you know, it's just, you know, you're more likely to get a hit and, you know, have the offense keep going.
0: That's, that's fair. And that's a fair perspective. And, you know, not having the automatic out or automatic sack bunt, you know, is a nice thing but we need to be honest about what we're talking about here we're not talking about some of the super exciting bats in the league we're talking about an extra bat in the lineup on a rest day it's not i think that there's an argument to be made for you know preferring first of all i enjoy sacrifice bunts uh but i don't
1: hell yeah bunting
0: i like bunting bunting is aesthetically like it it's a nice thing to have in the game. Now, Arod. A-Rod? No. So, sacrifice bunting from a pitcher when everyone knows you're going to do it is not fun. Unless you're Levon Hernandez and you're a wizard. That, that was fun. Uh, but beyond that, you know, I, I just think that baseball is better when it's more diverse in a lot of different ways, obviously. But including in a way where we have different skill sets that you know help produce and different things that the game requires whether it be being able to hit corners on the mound as a pitcher being able to throw from different arm angles as a pitcher uh, as a hitter being able to lay down a bunt for a hit being able to lay down a well-timed sacrifice bunt executing a hit and run hitting to the opposite field are these things great in terms of sabermetric run expectancy creation? No. I mean, they're useful at some points, but, you know, obviously it's, it's better to just hit a home run. Uh, but I think they just make baseball more interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think more offense is, is better. And I think it's well, – well, we'll move on from the DH. We've we spent enough time – um, which which rule change yeah. do you do you not want to see ever again from this year?
0: So most of them, uh, yeah. and I definitely don't think the seven inning doubleheader thing is coming no. back. I think I, I get it was necessary. I get,
1: yeah, I get it. I get why they did it. This season wouldn't have worked if you had teams playing eighteen games, nope. eighteen innings, you know, three days a week. Like yeah. it wouldn't have worked. The
0: Cardinals would have actually died. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't think that's coming back and Manfred has said as much. My least favorite change from this season, believe it or not, is one that was actually scheduled before the season. I really dislike the three batter rule.
1: Yeah, and I think, we, just, saw on the, I think we saw in the playoffs numerous times where it just was awful. Where the it just was,
0: doesn't, it, doesn't, make it sense. doesn't solve the problem that no. it was trying to solve and it creates all kinds of new ones. It's nonsensical.
1: Because what you'll have is a guy who's struggling out of the gate who you can't take after a batter or he'll get the first batter out then it will pitch to the next two and give up hits. And then you're having more mid inning pitching changes. And right. just, their performances are taking longer. And yeah, it's, it's, it's silly. It's a silly rule. And I agree with that.
0: I, I mean, I, I didn't like, I was initially against and then was sort of for, and then now against again, the runner on second rule. I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would, but it, it just doesn't feel like baseball. I think if you push uh, it
1: further enough back, in the game where it's like, okay, let's just get this game, you know, going like, you know, 13th inning. I think, I just think like, you know, it is kind of interesting to have it for a little bit. Like, you know, if it's the 13th inning and you've pitched a bunch of pitchers and you're like, okay, we got to play tomorrow. Let's just, you know, speed this game up a little bit. Cause even in the run on second doesn't guarantee the game is over. I happen
0: to love marathon games. It's, you know, some of my favorite baseball experiences are, the fifteenth, sixteenth inning of a game where I've stopped caring who's going to win. I just want to see the game go on forever. You know, I've been to a couple of them. Uh, frankly, uh, been to the two longest ones. I've yeah. I've been, well, I've been to the eighteen inning game.
1: And the sixteen uh, I didn't, inning
0: game. It, there was another eighteen inning game in twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nats lost it um, in the eighteenth inning, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, that game when Daniel Murphy came off the bench and hit a pinch hit home run off the the to, to tie the game. Yeah, yep. That went six, that went 18. Uh, anyway, digression aside, I just, you know, some of my best baseball experiences are the, the experiences where competition is sort of secondary. You know, I think of the, the non rain delay rain delay game mm-hmm. uh, in 2017 And I think of a lot of the extra inning games that I've been to where like by the end, I was just happy to be there with 5,000 of, you know, my closest baseball friends. Uh, So I don't want to see that go by the wayside.
1: I think, but I think that's a very, you know, niche, niche market.
0: Okay, this is a a matter of my opinion. I'm not saying like, I see some of the merits of runner on second no out. Anyway, just as a matter of opinion, I like games that last for a long time. And I think that there are people who – I mean, I don't know. I don't know that there's any real financial incentive for baseball to just end games as quickly as possible.
1: No, it's not a financial thing. It's an aesthetics thing. Um, But, yeah, so those – and then the expanded playoffs, terrible, awful. And this kind of can segue into our conversation about the playoffs. Um, You know, I like – I was fine with it for this year. It made, you know, some. It did end up making a difference. It didn't make a difference. Um, even like with the Astros, the Astros were better than their 29 31 record. I get why they made it far. They're a good team. They're still the Astros. Right. They made
0: now four consecutive male
1: Yeah. It's not like they were a typical. Like if it was the Marlins at 29 31 making this run, it would be frustrating. It would be fun, but it would be like, You know, more flabbergasting. It's the Astros. They're a good team that had a lot of pitching injuries, um, and you know, a lot of no-name bullpen parts. And and honestly, Dusty Baker did a very good job with what he had. And so, good good for Dusty. That's it. That's all I will say about the Astros. Good for Dusty.
0: Yeah. Well, got him another year. I mean, another thing that we need to talk about later in the podcast is AJ Hinch's rehiring. Uh, and Alex Cora's possible rehiring, oh, which God. it's ridiculous. And he might get rehired by the Red Sox, which it's, is just so <sighs> so tone deaf.
1: Yeah, so we'll, but, we'll go to the playoff first. Let's talk about the playoffs a little bit. Um,
0: uh, so the Dodgers won the World Series. Surprising. That
1: was, yeah,
0: unexpected. Yeah. yeah.
1: They're a very good team. They're, I mean, like, Corey Seager fired, like, coming into his own this year It's just like you know, even with Bellinger being, you know, playoff Bellinger. And, I mean, Corey Seager doing I mean, what he can had, do. I mean, he
0: had the, the biggest home run of the season for the Dodgers. So. Yeah, but he's he was bad even the rest playoff Bellinger.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, between Turner, who was great, and we'll talk more about Turner later, uh, Muncie, <laughs> um, Betts, who, you know, wasn't, like, otherworldly, but he's still Mookie Betts, who did some really cool things. Um you know, that lineup is just, you know, five superstar deep. And then you've got, you know, still um Will Smith, you've got, you know, Jock Peterson. It's just such a good well constructed team that's like managed to do everything, you know, between signing players, uh, overlooking sexual assault, um, yeah. you know, good scouting, good um, you know. Good drafting, committing
0: crimes in Latin America. In
1: Latin America, you know they just they just do the do it the right way. They do all the little
0: things you have to do. Yeah.
1: Uh huh. So, Um, but it was a good team. They're a very good team, and you know Clayton Kershaw pitched very well. And I think there's something actually I think that FP Santangelo said about Kershaw Mm -hmm. about how this is the equivalent of him pitching in June versus October, and I think that's probably a huge difference for him. It's just, you know, the wear and tear of his back and, you know, fatigue is, it seems to add up on Kershaw, especially. Um, and I think, you know, him being I, able to I don't know. He'll be so fresh.
0: I think that that's overstated. I think.
1: I don't think it is. I think it's understated. I think fatigue plays a huge part in play, people's playoff struggles. I think it's mental too. And also probably the fact that this was a weird playoff co- probably helped Kershaw a little bit, you know, get out of his normal funks. But well, um,
0: I mean, the maximum number of fans that were there probably shouldn't have been there were 11,000. So it's yeah. not as though, I don't know. The, no one's ever going to hold the playoff curse against Kershaw again, which no. to me is kind of sad, personally. It's I mean, sad. yes, yes, he deserved to win and like he's the best pitcher of this generation and everything. But like, this is one of the few baseball related myths we had left, you mm. know? Well, oh, the process. biggest issue,
1: the worst thing about this playoff was that you had a lot of things that were broken. The Braves never winning a playoff series. Um, you know, the Dodgers not winning the World Series. Clayton Kershaw being Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs. The Marlins only winning playoff series and never losing one. Uh, the A's winning their first playoff series in forever. You had a lot of things being broken. And
0: yeah, but those, those, well, not first of all, not the Twins playoff losing streak. Not the
1: Twins, though, baby. That is the most incredible one of them all.
0: How do you not do win you a game? Do that? How do you not win a game? An 18-game losing streak. I think there have only been like eight since the Second World War in baseball in the regular season, mm-hmm. and to do it in the playoffs over the course of 17 years—it's amazing. It's,
1: it's amazing. A, it's amazing. I, I love them. It's 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 a it's an achievement, honestly.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's more interesting than if they would won the One weird mini series. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: the Astros, which would have be been nice. But
0: the what cross- I'm talking about, like, like Kershaw, this is like a thing that actually had some cash outside of big baseball fans. Like everyone knows Clayton Kershaw struggles in the playoffs, and there aren't that many things like that in baseball anymore. So it was nice to have it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Sure, But
0: at the same time, I have a lot of Dodger fan friends and this team was absolutely deserving. And the scary thing is that because of the way they're constructed, there is no window for them.
1: Nope. I mean it's, it's wide open.
0: They're going to be good for a long time. I mean, they've got that signed for the next 13 years. Beyond yeah. that, you know, it's, it's just their, an embarrassing an number year
1: back. next year. I have a I have a theory that's been proven through the first four years that Bellinger is only an odd number player. Like a, he's like a yeah. Eric Hosmer, but better.
0: Yes. Yeah. Eric Hosmer never won an MVP. Yes. Uh,
1: but you know it, the funny thing about this World Series though is that you know for a lot of Dodgers fans it got immediately soured. Immediately soured right afterwards.
0: They gave them five minutes of celebration before yeah. they broke the Turner news.
1: And it broke the Turner news and then B- Turner breaks out of isolation.
0: Broke <laughs> out of COVID jail. It's,
1: it, I think it's just so indicative of the season as a whole. And, I, and a lot of people have said it, they're going to say it a lot better than me about how little everyone cared about everyone's health and how everything was just to be done just so they could get the season uh, done. Um, like, you know, they don't care whether people get sick or not. They don't care who got sick, you know, that the Marlins had 17 cases. They care that the Marlins had si- couldn't feel the team. That's all they cared about. It wasn't, you know, you know, how are these players doing? It's why can't they play? And so just this whole justice oh, and thing, there was... and nothing. nothing's going to happen from any of this. As we've learned, Rob Manfred's the weakest person ever who doesn't care about anything besides money. And so he's not, so not going to do anything about this.
0: No, I don't. I wouldn't say that. I don't know that he's not going to do anything about it. He might have to. Depends oh, on how bad the PR gets. Yeah. Right. Well, no one's talking but, about it anymore. No, I mean they got buy-in from the players because they said that. Listen, you know the political leanings of baseball players. Yeah, I, it's I not easy. That, I get, have a theory
1: that thirty percent of baseball players are
0: QAnoners, and it's probably higher. I wouldn't be surprised. The fact that they managed to get buy-in from the players, including Justin Turner, by the way, who was very vocal in August about following protocols and making sure there was no spread. Uh, Mm -hmm. The fact that they got players to buy in based not on a health thing, but based basically on, if you don't, we are going to have to cancel this. All your money. Uh, they got them to buy in. You see, season because Turner breaks out of COVID jail. Like, I don't understand what it is that people expect MLB to do. Were they supposed to like tase him? Yeah, there's <laughs> nothing MLB like, could do about it. Shock him with a cattle prod until he falls down and drag him.
1: Yeah, there's just nothing that they could but, do about. Yeah, it. Yeah, and it was but, just like, it just it just immediately immediately puts a sour taste. It's like when the Nats went to see Trump like 3 days after they won. It's like, "Ugh, did you really have to do that?" That's
0: about right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just like, you know,
0: it's just
1: it takes it, it takes away the, right. the illusion of of everything of, you know,
0: of this whole, not happening during a pandemic.
1: Yeah. And it's just a, uh, like I like, I I could I could see it now in like 30 years in the history book of the photo of the LA Dodgers celebrating the World Series while their player front and center. I think it's incredible they put him front and center had with diagnosed with positive with COVID.
0: Um, I just, I cannot imagine. There were a lot of sort of tepid defenses of Turner and blames of the system. And sure, the system failed to some extent. The system failed in the sense that the tests were not reported when they should have been. Uh, There's no reason for a league that was only running like 100 tests at that time to not have gotten the lab results before the second inning of the game. Uh, The lab results from the sample taken the day before. But I can't imagine being a person who knowing that they are COVID positive gives their wife a big smooch on the lips and goes and hangs out with their friends because it's so important to them to be there.
1: He needs to what? smooch his wife. Justin Turner's a wife guy. I just, I, it's just, it's I in... love my COVID
0: wife. <laughs> it's really good. I wish you'd Thank come you. up with that a couple days ago.
1: Well, now it's uh, on the
0: podcast where everyone
1: will hear it forever.
0: Yes, all of our many listeners. But yeah, I just, I can't imagine being that guy. It's just, yeah. I mean, in like the, if, if. Do you think any of the it, players got mad at him? Afterwards. No. Maybe a couple. I don't know, but they were gonna be a vocal minority or a non vocal I mean, minority.
1: Don and Mitchell, you know, flipping out on Rudy Gobert. I mean it's a different league.
0: And a different time. I mean that uh-huh. was March. This is it's March October when we've decided to sort it's of live with it. This is this is March? This is Mar- this was March. Yeah. And this will ever this will always be March until the virus is gone. It'll be March twenty twenty.
1: Uh-huh. It's only March. It's all March. No, it's, it's, yeah. I, I, I would, I mean, I imagine some players were were upset with him and probably some players. I'm sure
0: sure they didn't vocalize it. Probably not. I mean, I just, and now they're all, they were all sent back to the four corners of the earth, which is definitely not a best practice for someone who was definitely exposed to someone who was (laughs) tested positive. It's just, yeah, it's, it's clear where MLB, where the players' priorities lied in terms yeah. of getting the season done, which they did, which is a legitimate accomplishment. Getting players to follow these protocols, which were very stringent, uh, was a legitimate achievement. Uh, yeah. And, you know, baseball and has some has natural advantage. Oh, they will. But baseball has some natural advantages to other sports, first of all, that it's sort of naturally socially distant. But second of all, that because you play every day and because you can do double headers, you have some flexibility with the schedule. So, you know, whereas if football has to cancel a week, everything goes to shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, If baseball has a positive test, they can take two, three days off, actually follow best practices and get players back on the field uh, without endangering the season uh you know they they still managed to accomplish it and they figured out what the things were that they needed to do now where turner got covid i have no idea
1: yeah that's but, i mean we'll never find out we'll never get any answers from any of this
0: well we we may never know if any of the other dodgers have tested positive yeah i mean we don't even know if they're being tested anymore
1: no, uh, i don't i doubt it yeah well, uh, well now we're in the off season
0: we are. We made it to the off season. We made and, it,
1: and it looks like it's going to be a very grim off season.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be a grim winter for all of us, and baseball is not accepted.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, we already. I mean, we're through the first couple rounds of cuts, with um, options coming up, and most teams declining them. Um, you've seen. You're going to see more non tenders this week. Today's a qualifying offer. Um, deadline and we've already seen one probable QO extended to Marcus Stroman, which I thought was very interesting, especially for a pitcher who didn't even pitch last year. Um, Right. But we saw, you know, Brad hand get cut. We saw um, Colton Wong get cut. Um, And that's just the the people with options. I mean, we're going to see, I I think we're going to see a lot more. I mean, it's not just me alone. And a lot of people think we're going to see a lot more people hit the market. Um, I, you know, Charlie Morton is another one that came to mind uh, who got cut, and Mike Zinino, Uh just a, the few kind of big names. So, what, what do you what do you make um, what do you think is going to happen this off season? Where do you do you think you know who do you think is going to be the biggest name that's going to hit the market?
0: I I couldn't tell you. I I have predicted a couple of times that uh, Chris Bryant was going to get non-tendered. Uh, I can definitely imagine. Francisco Lindor being traded. I don't think he's going to bring anything back. uh, Not in this market. Because, I mean, half of the reason you're trading him, 90% of the reason you're trading him is to get that salary relief. Uh, And, I mean, a team could pretty much just pick him up for cash.
1: Yeah. Which... I mean, this is what I'll say about what we've seen so far, honestly. It's something I said off mic, but I'll say it on mic now. It's about, you know, the Indians. And the Indians cutting Brad Hand, a lot of people saw that as a bad omen. But this has always been the Indians' mo. Like this is the Indians always try to find the best way that they can get cheaper and still win. They're they're removing the Jenga pieces to see how much the structure will still stand. And yeah, and
0: they, they've still got Karen Jack and Phil Maton and uh, got, uh, Adam Simber.
1: They got uh, that guy was suspended this year too. Um, uh, throughout Emmanuel Class.
0: A manual place and uh uh a million face? miles an hour. Their new starter yeah. who's short. Uh, yeah,
1: um, McKenzie, um yeah. Yeah.
0: Tristan Mackenzie.
1: Tristan McKenzie, name. yeah. They have a lot of young players coming up in the pipeline. And so they could have afforded to cut hand. It was stupid, because you know, he's a great reliever.
0: It's it's run. less telling that they chose to the cut hand than it is that no one chose to claim him. Yeah. Because you could have had him just for $10 million. Yep. Uh, I think the the truth of the matter is baseball as a league stands to lose maybe 45% of its revenue over the next two seasons. And that is a legitimate thing. That's a lot of revenue gone.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, But Baseball is going to have to accept the leagues and the, the owners are going to have to accept that they can't try and cut costs as much as possible. They can't try and recoup all of their money in a single off season or, you know, bring it down to the, the level of revenue. Because if they do that with one year left on the CVA, I mean, it basically guarantees a strike. So if you mm-hmm. want to keep your long-term revenue streams, as much as I hate to describe the future of Major League Baseball as a long-term revenue stream, uh, if you want to keep it safe, you have to be willing to make concessions. And from this ownership group, we haven't seen that kind of uh, reasoning. And it's yeah. kind of troubling. So yes. I, I would expect the worst, uh, yeah. but hope for the best.
1: Yeah, I, I just... I, I... I think there'll be some teams, like the Mets, definitely the Mets, who are going to be willing to spend. And I think the Blue Jays will probably spend a little bit too. I mean, they've shown they want to add pieces. They showed last offseason. Who knows about carryover? Maybe the Marlins. I mean, they traded for Sterling Marte. Maybe they want to finally add a little bit. I think you'll see big market teams shedding, and you'll see mid-market teams possibly adding. Um, I think that's just kind of what we've seen the last year or so from baseball you've seen teams like you know the Cubs um, you've seen uh, Red Sox those type of teams who have just been shedding their salary because they want to get under that threshold by but you've seen other teams pick up some of the slack um,
0: so I, I, I don't know I think I can all but guarantee you that the Marlins will not be a team that adds salary I, I, they might I mean they, they might they are tremendously in debt as it is they have one of the world's worst television contracts. They true. had almost no revenue coming last year. They are not going to add salary. Uh, well,
1: just, they traded for for Sterling Marte in the off season and in the, in the season. It was not cheap.
0: They did. I guarantee you. Then they they traded for Marte, but then they offloaded VR's salary, which balanced out.
1: Yeah, true.
0: I mean, it's it's not. I mean, they. Kudos to them for actually making an effort, and mm-hmm. they made the playoffs, and it was fun. Yeah, uh, they actually have a pretty entertaining core of starting pitchers. I like them a lot, uh, and I would like the Marlins to be good because they are the least objectionable team in our division. Yeah, uh, but I just I would be shocked if they were one of the teams to I agree. The trend,
1: well. Let's So let's focus now on our team, the Washington Nationals. You know, we've, we're have we losing a lot this year. I mean, it's going to be a very interesting offseason for the Nats. They have a lot – none of the moves that the Nats have made so far have been, like, you know, uh, pandemic moves. Cutting Eaton, you know, for what he was worth, I th- was probably the right move because there's so much value you can add at that position and, you hey, know, John? substantial value. Yeah?
0: Do you want to do – uh, you want to cut this episode off now and do a full Nats related off season preview next week. We're already sure. running at like 40 minutes.
1: Yeah, that sounds fine. So I guess we'll just, uh, we improvise on the fly then um, we'll do our Nats off season preview next weekend. Maybe we'll have a guest who knows um, Maybe we will. a
0: special but, guest,
1: a special guest, but um, I think that's it for us today. Um, we uh, hope you enjoyed the return of the Rashcast.
0: Welcome back.
1: Welcome back. We'll probably be doing these sporadically for the off season.
0: Right. We'll see as needed, I guess.
1: Uh, Yes. So until we'll be back next week though. So until then, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.